Greetings, grandstanders! Welcome to the third and final installment of the Spectating Spectrum, the Agnostic. Today we will be talking to USA soccer fan Ray Lawson about his USA soccer grandstanding. In the beginning, you will hear Manny and I introducing some of the ideas and characters that we go on to discuss later in the episode, a a preface for all of the grandstanders not up to date on some of the more nuanced intricacies of the USA-Mexico rivalry. Um, and, and finally, I want to say that for all of my USA soccer bashing, and I do a, I, I, I do a lot of it, uh, I wanted to be clear that my opinions, the, the opinions I have of, of USA soccer, are not necessarily the feelings uh, I have uh, towards Americans or towards America which is why I want to dedicate this episode to the memory of a recently deceased American hero, Eugene Urban. Eugene is the grandfather of a dear friend of mine uh, who I consider to be part of a dying breed of American grandstander, Scott Urban. So after you're done here, go find out who uh, this guy, Scott Urban, is. And in the meantime, uh, Gene, take it away. So today we're going to be interviewing uh, Ray Lawson, a real, actual, card-carrying member of the American Outlaws. Um, so before we go on and, and talk about that, Manny, maybe you can explain, what, what is an American Outlaw? Um, so, I mean, from my, from my understanding, I am not a, an American Outlaw, um, but it's, it's, a, it's a support group, you know, the same way um, in, I guess in, in episode two, or part two, the last um, episode where where uh, we talked to um, to Nathan, who talked about um, the the ultras in in Italy. Um, actually, the episode before that with uh, with Damiano talking about you know him. Um, or actually, was Damiano part of a? Uh, yeah, he is. He, he sits in the curva with the ultras. Yeah. Right. So, um, um, you know, the the American Outlaws is it's it's the American soccer version. Of that, you know, um, for for fans of of Team USA, they um, they pay a fee um, and can be part of a a, a local chapter. So um, I'm not entirely sure exactly um, all the cities in which it uh, there is an American Outlaw chapter, but it's you know it's it's um, it's almost kind of like a a fraternity of um, arguably the most devout. Um, fans of, of Team USA, um, arguably. Yeah, well, I don't know who who's who who are the who are more fanatic than American Outlaws for in supporting Team USA. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so, so today, you know, part part of what we what we want to discuss today is you know is is the rivalry between USA and Mexico, but more than the rivalry, it's about. Uh, the the USA fandom, and this is why we brought uh, Ray Ray on the show today to to discuss you know 
do they feel the same way? And I'm talking about the United States uh, supporters, the, the United States men's national team fans. Do they feel that same heated passion uh, and and uh, disdain for for the for the Mexican side the same way that um, uh, that Mexicans feel for Team USA? So we'll be getting into that, and we'll also be discussing um, a, a, a player that that has that has come to be. Uh, a, that that we love to hate, Landon Donovan, um, he, known as Captain America because he was the captain of the USA team, and also uh, kind of like a, a, a perfect villain to the USA Mexico rivalry. Manny, anything you want to say about Landon Donovan, just so people know who when we're talking about Donovan later on in the episode, uh, kind of who he is and and why we decide why he's such a, a, a crucial character in this in this uh, narrative. Yeah, I think Landon Donovan is is a is a crucial player to. To discuss because, um, I, I I think it's safe to say he has been the or he was the leader of Team USA for what about ten years or so? Would you say? Yeah, and you know he he's a perfect villain. I think that um, his stage persona to me embodies uh, uh, how how I think um, Mexicans feel about Americans, and and I think he wasn't afraid to kind of display. To, to his his his, uh, his attitude on the field, his attitude sometimes off the field, with regard to the rivalry between Mexico and the USA, was always that of a character that more closely represented the 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 the, the archetype of what we uh, what I think about as a as a fan of the Mexican national team is is an American, and and you know we later before we, before we get into Donovan later on in the episode there was a part where. We asked Ray about uh, Brian McBride and Claudio Reyna, two uh, former players of the U.S. national team, uh, complete opposite on the opposite end of the spectrum of who Landon Donovan was. And you know, I, 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 um, I don't know, Manny. Is there anything you want to add about those two players? Well, I mean, I think if 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 we're talking about the the contrast between the two, um, I uh, Landon Donovan. Uh, wasn't afraid to show his his emotions. Um, he 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 wasn't afraid to show his, his arrogance at times, um, which I think turned many people off. Um, while McBride and, and Reina were were uh, more of your just classic, um, your classic good, good good old fashioned, just you know, good de- decent technical players. Right, which we go on to argue at some points in the in the discussion that that is is maybe one of the things that's lacking not only on the national team, the U.S. national team, but in their fandom. And this is these are kind of some of the issues or the questions that we were trying to get at. And you know, I I want to I want to add one last thing about the the outlaws. Um, there's something about the outlaws to me that doesn't seem. Um, genuine so to speak and it doesn't seem genuine to me because this is something that a supporter group in in uh, uh, in, in in mexico and for the mexican national team although there is a group called pancho Villa's army that i don't identify with but that exists nonetheless but um i feel like that that spirit that 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 idea that that uh, that that uh, passion that the outlaws are trying to harness 
is something that just comes naturally to the Mexican fan. And what I think is, is well, I think a, a beautiful part of the Mexican fandom um, is that it, that fandom includes a wide range of people. It's a wide spectrum from, from, uh, from, from the middle-class educated, college-educated uh, person to the uh, abuelita who... Um, who 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 um you know maybe not doesn't know any of the players on the team but knows that when the national team plays she's got to be there and she's got to support and she's got to show up. Um, anything you would add to that, Manny? Um, no, I mean that 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 is uh that that that's something that I that I've always said about the you know being being a fan of the green team. Uh, for myself, um, I think for, for you, it's just um. It's just is it just comes natural. It's just something that was just um, it it's something that's surrounded us um, from from day one and and um, and so when you know American outlaws aside, you know going Pancho Villa's army, um, that's it, it. Just seems like there's too much effort being put into into the fandom, like like you like you say. Yeah, something that is is truly supposed to be an effortless thing, which is something that is, you know, something we talked about in the first episode with Damiano, how being a fan and being devoted to your team does not require a um, a level of, of religiosity that, that has to necessarily interrupt your life. Would you agree with that? It, it, it's something that just becomes naturally incorporated into who you are as a person and as a fan of a sport. I think you can be, I think you can be a one hundred percent devout uh, fan of a of of a team, um, and have no clue who who the players are, you know, when when you show up to watch the game that day, because you haven't really watched a game in in years. Um, but at the end of the day, like that's that's who you are. It's it's kind of like being a Catholic, right? Like yes, um, you know, like. Um, I I know people who who <laughs> when when hearing about someone else uh, converting leaving the Catholic religion um are absolutely like blown away by that and going how could you why would you stop being catholic mind you these these people who are who are so um astonished and so almost offended by never go to church never go to church um could could tell you very little about the bible but at the end of the day, like they are, they are Catholic at the core, right? Right, right. And and it's uh it's something you know I always say to people that I'm a, a secular Mexican, uh, meaning uh, that so much of my identity as a Mexican in, in incorporates a lot of a lot of motifs of my Catholicism, even though I I don't attend church, I have not attended church for many many years. Um, so much of my culture as a Mexican is embedded with these Catholic uh, values and motifs. And, you know, I say, uh, you know, Jews get to say they're secular Jews and I get, I get to say I'm a secular Mexican because I don't go to the temple, but I am. It's nevertheless, it's a part of me. Do you feel that way? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, you know, Jews, Jews say I'm col- I'm not really I'm, I'm culturally Jewish. Right. Um, which I think maybe our form of saying that is is we don't say I'm culturally Catholic, we just say I'm Mexican. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, and you know, uh, I wanted to to kind of uh, going off of that, and then I want to ask you another uh, separate question. Uh, 
you know, ultimately, one of the things that uh, comes up when we have conversations about being an American, so to speak, on this side of the border, uh, um, uh, Manny and I both having been uh, uh, raised here in the United States, uh, but uh, on the border nonetheless. And I, I feel like on top of the fact that we grew up in these, these culturally rich Mexican homes, how much that played into it, but also the proximity to the border, how much of an effect that had uh, not only on, on our identity as, as, uh, as Mexican uh, uh, Americans, I guess, if you want to call it, but um, also how, how the proximity kind of uh, really solidified this, 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 this bond that we have to this, to this, uh, to this country of our parents. Um, because it was such an such an active, uh, constant, present thing in our lives, and so when people ask me why do you root for the Mexican national team, you know, I I, I think my my what it gets really what it gets down to is 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 the the Mexican national team represents the values and ideals of something that I have a greater connection to, and for me it's always going to be about family. And when I when I sit in the grandstand and I look around and I, and I go see a Mexican uh, national team play, we don't have outlaws in the in the south end of the or, or on the on one behind one of the goals the the the, the, the goalposts. Um, we have a whole entire stadium uh, acting as what the outlaws are trying to recreate in Section 58. Uh, Manny, anything you want to add to that? Um, no, yeah, that 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 is that's. Um absolutely i i agree um and and i think i i don't want this to sound like i i i think that's you know credit to the outlaws for trying you know they are um they are an attempt at at, at doing that at a absolutely on on a mass on a more massive level absolutely um and i think and that's kind of that that's one of the questions that we were trying to get at um being able to being able to to talk to to uh to a member of uh to an american outlaw is um you know what are the possibilities of of what they're trying to do um growing in 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 american society which if 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 it ever will i mean i i think i um i mean you you'll you'll hear from ray and in, in his in his thoughts on um you know um what he sees for the future of of american soccer fandom but um um you know i think we're very fortunate to to have been been born into a, a a club that um that is just extremely rich in 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 passion and tradition and um i mean i, I always i i always um when growing up being because we did we growing up in san diego we we were fans of the padres um you know fans fans of the padres chargers and i and i always feel like man i, I always grew up being being a, a fan of like as as much as I love 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 them, kind of like lame fan bases, and then yes, I, and then yes. I and then I I I remember when if there's one fan base that I'm a part of that that is a a fan base that is that is arguably the, an envy of on a on a global global scale, scale. Yes. yeah absolutely, um it's it's us getting to 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 wear the that that green shirt with pride, um yeah. and um and I think we're we're really lucky to to have that. Um, and to be a part of that and um, for it to be a part of us. Um, and I think that the outlaws, it, it is, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, a, a micro a, attempt at that. And, um, 
and I think it's 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 interesting to to, to we're we're kind of watching watching their their progress. Yes, and as it evolves, I think uh, uh, for again for for me, I speak for myself. It it, it becomes about um, it becomes about something that that you finally can can uh, can feel a sense of pride for because so much of of, of the experience of being Mexican. And just from observing my parents and what they, they what they had to go through to be in this country and, and from the millions of other people, uh, um, it becomes that one thing that um, that that is, is 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 ours and you can't really take it away from us. And and there's an element I think um, uh, of 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 Mexicans are 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 horrible horrible losers. They they they're they're really bad at losing. But I, I happen to think that Americans are, are to me, the American. I'm talking about the national team, not American people. I'm talking about the U.S. national team. They, they are horrible winners. You know, when they lose, no one ever hears about their losses. But when they win, uh, uh, the whole world knows about it, you know. And um, I, I'd much rather be a horrible loser than a horrible winner. <laughs> or, or a horrible um, uh, tire. Uh, they they also will celebrate as if they won the World Cup if they get a zero zero <laughs> against against <laughs> against Martinique or no against Ivory Coast. Um, who is Graham Susie Manny? Um, Graham Susie Graham Susie is a mark. Um, he he's a guy who for some for some crazy reason he scored a, a winning goal. Um. For for team U, he's a, a team USA player who, uh, if if it weren't for him scoring in in overtime, uh, right? That was an overtime that that, yeah. that went in. Yeah. Um, Mexico would not have been in in the last World Cup. Um, so the the, the Mexican team, uh, dude, the 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 qualifying for the World Cup was just looking atrocious, going through through several managers and so on, and and um. Completely their fault. Completely the Mexican team's fault. Absolutely, just look like look like shit. All of us shit. hated them, um, and and we're literally a minute away from um, from not getting into the World Cup. It, it within a within a the, within con- of of all groups, right? I mean, right, right. Um, one of the weakest. One of the weakest. Uh, the the the, the Feder- arguably the the second worst or second from the bottom uh 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 federal uh, uh regional uh soccer organizations, Concacaf. So he saved the reputation of Concacaf and he got Mexico into the World Cup. But Manny, what was your reaction when you saw that? <laughs> um, well, I, I was I was shocked. Just I couldn't I couldn't believe what what I what I, I had already kind of. Um, I'd, I, I, the thought was kind of running through my mind of, of whether I was going to even watch the world cup right. any, anymore. Cause, I, cause, cause, cause I think you would agree with me that, that as you realize that Mexico was going to lose and that it was the, all the things that had to happen for Mexico to be in the world cup were not happening. You start to resign yourself. Basically I spent the last 15 minutes of that game resigned to this, this idea of like a world cup is going to happen. In Brazil, of all places, and I, I, I don't think I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, it was just one of those really. Um, it's like uh, losing a puppy or something. Disheart. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I, I, and so, so, so when that when that goal happened, um, 
it it it, it took it took me a, a a minute to to really grasp um really grasp what exactly like is this can't be real um and and then and then you know something we've talked about my my next thought was what a fucking idiot pendejo is what i thought <laughs> like why would he do that like why did he do that and that's i think what we really really what what this what the, the whole this whole episode is about not about Graham Susie, but about this idea that um, why did he score a goal to put your arch rival into the world cup? And then there was a, there was these memes that were created. And I think the U S soccer federation tweeted, um, de nada. Remember that? Yeah. The whole, the, the, yeah, yeah. The, you're, you're welcome Mexico. And, and then there was this whole thing in Mexico where, you know, Graham Susie was, you know, was a saint and, and, and he can do whatever he wants when he comes to Mexico and all that. But I think it was done. I, I would I would argue that almost every Mexican uh, would probably say the same thing you and I just said. Que pendejo. Yeah, it was. Um, it was just it, it really uh, it, it really established some some one fundamental difference between between the 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 stars and stripes team and the green team absolutely because um, i i really i i have a really hard time believing that um that uh the mexican team would have done the same they wouldn't have i don't i don't i know like um i don't want to live in that reality where they would have I just don't think they. I can't see it. I can't see it happening. I mean, unless, unless they had an American coach. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, one last thing, Manny. Um, why? Why do you think that um, that that you know? It, there's one. There's one segment where we discuss uh, this idea of of Americans uh, wearing the jerseys of other teams from other nations. And, and and you know, or from the from the nation of their ancestors, you know, the through the three generations removed the uh, French Jersey guy. Um, I, I feel like there's there we we, we kind of make I make light of it in, in the episode. Uh, uh, same some, you know. Anyways, the, I feel like um, this idea of, of 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 wearing that jersey of assigning yourself to a national team, and I think Ray says Americans like winners. And I would say that that's part of it, but the other part that I think is 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 uh, involved is there's something about wanting to connect to something, something about the idea of rooting on uh, on an identity level that I think gets really to the core of this issue of why do people wear the jerseys of other places? And sometimes I feel like people wear a jersey of a team that doesn't even, they don't have any ancestral connection to it, just only maybe there's something about it that they identify with, you know? So if you've got this, like, middle-class uh, 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 white kid from, from Wisconsin who really just wants to, he identifies with the ethos of Brazil, he's going to slap on that jersey because there's something about identity that that drives the that that is at, that is kind of at the core of why we slip on that jersey. What would you say to that? Yeah, um, I think I think um, we mentioned something uh, in the very first episode um, where sometimes I think for 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 some Americans, uh, just being soccer fans is is a way of them um, asserting their individuality within a 
within a a culture that that generally doesn't appreciate uh, the sport. Um, just being fans of the sport in itself is kind of is is um, some you know uh, Americans' way of 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 separating themselves from um, from the more you know, and I think you could look at it from like almost the more conservative, you know, American view of of soccer being being lame and being like it's, that's that's the foreigner sport, um, and so and so I th- I think putting on a jersey of another country is is could could be could um an act of defiance in, in a way, yeah. Uh, which well, I don't want to say too much because I think the we 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 mentioned right. something in there, right, um, right. Right. But but this idea of you know like I, I'm not like the rest of the Americans. I don't think we're the best. Right. So a, I would say to some to summarize, I feel like there's a there's that, and then there's a search for identity. And I think that sometimes um, the 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 slapping on a jersey of another country provides that. And there are there, this this is not just an American phenomenon. You know, this happens in Mexico. Mm-hmm. I see people wearing Argentina jerseys, mm-hmm. Italian jerseys, and you know I. I it doesn't really bother me because I think it, it, uh, it, it, the, the idea of putting on, of wearing the crest of another nation that doesn't belong to the, to the one that you identify with, it goes uh, not only deeper, but it, it spans a wide range of reasons for why people do that. And sometimes really literally it is because some jerseys are really pretty. <laughs> yeah. Dude, um, that, that, um, uh, when France came out last World Cup in those uniforms, yeah, they kind of blew the the whole world away. Yeah, um, that was a, that was a, a a gorgeous jersey. Yes, yes, I agree. So yeah, um, hope you enjoy the episode. And um, uh, again, um, uh, uh, go Mexico. And uh, you know, I, I really do hope that that the USA gets their act together because. Um, uh, the show will only be as good as our rival will be. And I'm talking about the, the games to come. So, Viva Mexico. Today with us on Grandstand, we have an actual bona fide card-carrying member uh, fan has the swag to prove it, uh, the, the, the jerseys and the scarf, um, and, uh, and, and a, a card-carrying member, member of the American Outlaws to kind of give us some perspective to uh, my delusions. Uh, uh, Ray Lawson is here to talk to us. He's a, a real, actual USA fan here. Ray, how are you? Uh, hello, hello, uh, Mario, and uh, hello, Manny. Thanks for having me. And then, and by the way, hello, Grandstand listeners. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on the show, fellas. Really appreciate it. It's good to have you here. I have a question. How does how do you think your your uh, your fandom, your USA fandom, compares to uh, to to the Mexican style or the Mexican approach? Well, I I have an early recollection of uh, I remember being down in Los Angeles area, uh, visiting some family in 1986. And I remember the World Cup was going on, and there was actually um, some Mexican guys. I believe there were some restaurant workers, uh, and not trying to be stereotypical, 
but uh, I believe that's where we were at. And uh, I remember uh, some guys that were like literally running to the van outside, and there was like a portable black and white TV, and they were watching the World Cup. Um, but you know, I was a little too young at the time to kind of really understand things. But um, I, I don't, you know, here, here's the deal: I, I was always been. Uh, jealous or not jealous or envious of the passion and that the the Mexican uh, people bring to to the game of football and their cultural identity you know the Mexican wave the you know everything about it you know is like especially growing up uh, in the U.S. in the early you know early 80s you know soccer was like just not you know you were kind of looked down upon even though it was played a lot you know, we didn't have a lot of fans, and uh, we just definitely didn't have uh, that following. So I've always been envious of that, uh, if that makes sense. You know, like we just in the in the stands, let's just say in the grandstands, and in the big scheme of things, uh, the U.S. just didn't bring it when uh, when it came to the game of football, for sure. How does it make you feel to sit in the stands and and uh, and, and 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 watch from your grandstand? And watch for the, watch the Mexican grandstand across the way. What do you feel is lacking in your grandstand? Well, yeah, you mentioned my friend Rick, who I hope you have on the show one day. Um, but he's been to he's been you know many cap caps many times over many World Cups. You know, I haven't been to any World Cups, and then my caps are still like in the teens, I believe, for the U.S. national team. I've only seen the, uh, the the U.S. national team play the Mexicans one time uh, live, and that was at the Rose Bowl. I was present for the, the Gold Cup there. Uh, what was it? Two cycles ago. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Um, beautiful. And I can I can definitely tell you that was uh, quite the experience because uh, my family's from Los Angeles, and I've grown up, grew up a little bit down there as well as Oregon. But I'm very familiar with Pasadena and the Rose Bowl area. And I've been to like you know uh, many Rose Bowl, or I've been a few Rose Bowl games, which is you know college football, of course. But the first time going there for a Gold Cup final between the USA and Mexico was quite the experience. And as you came down into Pasadena and like winding down into the Rose Bowl area, the sides of the street were just covered with Mexican fans and RVs, and and here I was in my USA colors and like no shit, like it wasn't like threatening, but. It was like I had to part literally this green wave with my vehicle, and like they were kind of like you know shaking their fists, but kind of laughing all at the same time. And I was like, "Holy shit, this is insane!" Because it was like the the U.S. fans we were definitely outnumbered and uh, quite funny. Uh, but anyways, in the parking lot was great. You know, we parked right next to some Mexican fans, and uh, I was actually grateful there was some Latinas there. I'm quite a fan of that. So, uh, so uh, you know. Uh, we actually uh, were all wearing our colors, and we took se several shots of tequila together, and it was actually quite friendly. Um, so that was quite the experience. Of course, you know, I started, you know, I found where the outlaws were hanging out, and uh, I had tickets, but I didn't have tickets to the U.S. section. I actually had to sneak in the U.S.A. section because I was quite fearful of having to sit next to Mexican fans during that game, um, just due to my friend Rick's experiences down in Azteca. And just the fact, of course, you know, I wanted to be seat, seated next to like-minded fans and, uh, you know, safety in numbers. To the, let's just say to the passive, to the, um, 
to the uh, involved, to the diehard, and to the obsessive fan. The Mexico-USA game and the rivalry always have a, a political tinge. There's always a socio-political implication to it. And, you know, we, we, we've gotten into that in here and, and we, we can get into it. But really what I want to ask is, does, does when you sit in the grandstand, um, do you feel that the USA-Mexico game has sociopolitical implications for the people on the, USS, on the USA side? Uh, and this is just strictly for me. Uh, I was saying no, you know. Um, I think that you you might feel so, and Manny might feel so more because you have a direct cultural link. Uh, I never paid really a lot of attention to that to recently. Um, you know, I'm I'm an American mutt. I have quite you know I'm a mixed blood and mixed you know, mixed mixed blood, but you know my my families have just picked up the American flag. Anyways, I never paid a lot of attention to that. Um, I think what struck me the most was, you know, this is the only country I know as far as this is the only country I was raised in. So, you know, they say you don't know what you don't know. All right. And, uh, you, you know, I chose to um, follow my country's team because this is where I have I was born and this is where I was raised. Um and even if I was born somewhere else and raised for the most part of my life in a certain country, I, I would like to think that I would probably pick up that flag. That's just me. However, uh, I never really picked up on like the, the political social thing um, until conversations with you. I, I think that maybe the Mexicans, after doing my history uh, research, you know, like they always feel slighted by, you know, Estadios Unidos for you know, the gains that they had in the, in the Mexican-American War, the, the treatment of maybe some of the Im immigrant workers, you know. Um, and I never thought about those things growing up, uh, for the most part, because I really didn't have to. Do you, th do you think that the, uh, that's like kind of, not so much in that giving it thought, but do you think, um, uh, where, does the, where does the passion for rooting against Mexico come from for, say, an outlaw fan? Because, you know, I, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've been to an outlaw bar while they uh, they uh, watching a, a Mexico-USA game, and, and I really, as much as it, it uh, made my blood boil, it also made me happy to know that the, the USA fans do have a little bit of a, 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 a fight in them, you know, and they, you know, they were, they were singing some pretty racist and inappropriate things that I thought were really hilarious and enjoyable at the same time. But where do you think that rage comes from? Or what do you think that, 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 that feeling of like, damn, let's, let's go watch this game and let's go talk some shit about the other side. What, what, what do you see that? How do you see that? Well, you know, I see that in all sports, my friend. You know, I, I see that in all sports. I think it exists in in any sport that you that exists. I think that there's uh, the proverbial uh, proverbial shit talking that goes on on either side. I think it's literally part of sports. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's part of the banter. I think it's within the game. Um, I think where we get lost is this, if we take and I can say this. You know, like yes, I'm an outlaw, but I, you know, I. I don't particularly partic participate in 
racist comments. Um, you know, that's not really their mantra either. I, I know, and I'm not speaking for all. I'm not. I, I'm. <laughs> I'm not naive. And I, I wouldn't I, say. I wouldn't say. I know, it, I, I know it exists. You know, I know it exists. But the record, uh, I, I don't think it, it, they were on the, along the lines of race. Well, they could be racist, I guess, or interpreted. Uh, it was just uh, playing on the. Well, I'm going to get in trouble by saying this, but. Just kind of calling out stereotypes is what they were doing. Yeah, of course. I mean, and uh, I, I get it, man. There's and, and you know those stereotypes exist on on both sides. You know, not just you know they exist on all sides. Um, anything you would add to that, Manny? I, I think one thing to 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 note, like so, I, the question you asked the the question you initially asked um, that Ray was responding to about um, uh. Mario, you, when you when you experienced this at a bar for, with the American Outlaws, this was where Oklahoma City, right? And so, um, and so, and so, of course, I think just like in anything, um, I think American Outlaws is not like this one. It's not this one homogenous group where there there are different types of like depending on where you are, um, Amer the the type of American Outlaw fan might be a bit different where you experienced some that you're saying they're saying some pretty stereotypical kind of racist things, right? Yeah. Um, where it's no, it's, it's no surprise to me that Ray is kind of, you know, Ray, you don't get down like that, right? Like to you, like that's not, you know, and, and you're from California. No, yeah, I'm from California and I've, you know, come from, you know, my religious background was half, half Jewish, half Christian. So of course I'm not going to throw down like, you know, major racist comments. Um, so, but but you, you hit the nail on the head, Manny. Is that you know? Because for my experience with the American Outlaw fans in Los Angeles area, going to games in the StubHub Center, is that uh, most of the American Outlaw fans there were all—I mean, most, no kidding—were Mexican Americans. Yeah, and so, and so, what I wonder though is, is <laughs> I mean, it's. Is that maybe what the American, the Team USA fan base is missing? Is more of that attitude that Mario experienced in Oklahoma? Um, it's that like the fact that that you do not have a, um, which makes per, you know that's very logical. You know, like you do not. There aren't socio political, um, more socio political implications in your fandom with with soccer and with Team USA and the rivalry with Mexico. Um, and maybe that's what kind of um, softens softens the fan base a bit, you know, um, to where that's what makes some, you know, the Mexican fan base a little bit more, a little bit more aggressive and a little bit, you know, more passionate because from, from the Mexican end, there is, there is, there's more to the rivalry than just what's going on on the pitch. Um, and so do you think that maybe the fact that that there are a lot of American fans who don't like for them, it really is just a game, like it, and that's it. Um, yeah, is that, I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I'm saying, so is that maybe what? Why do you think maybe that's that's a potential, arguably a deficiency in the American fan base? It could be. I mean, I, I think that the American fan base doesn't. Uh, yeah, I would say most of them aren't. I shouldn't say that. I, I'm, that's not the wrong the wrong words to use. Uh, yeah, I think you're I think you're correct, but I also don't feel that there's this huge 
impact, you know, where you have, like, say, Serbia playing Croatia or, you know, something like that, you know, Russia against Ukraine in a right. game. Like, there's, there's much more going on with those at those games than there is, say, our own because Mexico could beat us 10 more times in a row and we're not going to go to war, you know, and it's not going to be played out. But if it is theater for the Mexican fan to be to play it out on there, then, then so be it. Uh, you know, and I think it is for more than anything for the American fan. The American fan, I think it's just a game. You know, I think it's just a sport, which, you know, at the end of the day, obviously it is. But, you know, as we all know, fans of football, like it, it, it goes deeper than that in a lot of other countries, you know. I, have this, I, I want to talk about three USA players and kind of how I feel about them. And the first one is, of course, uh, Landon Donovan, who happens to be the player I, I, I love, uh, most love to hate, but also the player that I think is got, he's, he's got the right idea. Landon Donovan actually was never quite one of my favorite players in the U.S. Uh, I would say probably two of my favorite players, Claudio Reyna and McBride, two of my favorite players. They okay. embodied, All right. All right. They, they embodied uh, to me what the American spirit, American player should be. That's just me. And, and listen, USA is not none of these players. You know, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not coming across like, hey, these players are golden boys. That's not what I'm saying at all. Mm-hmm. But Rafa Marquez for me is one of the most. I don't care if I saw him. Careful. In careful. Careful. If I saw him in San Diego Airport, I'd probably like yeah. I'd go up to him and tell him, you know, that uh, one of the one of the most talented players ever has absolutely lost his shit and made himself, unfortunately, look just like a piece of shit several times on the grand stage. And but you know that's the beauty of sport, isn't it? You know, like if he plays for your team or you know like Suarez, you know, look at Suarez in the World Cup where he. You know, hit the ball with his hand, gets red card or whatever, but, you know, his team got to go on to the next round, you know. So these players do these horrible things during the game, but at the same time, if they're playing for your country, you know, you're like, you'll, you'll end up dying for them. But, you know, Rafa Marquez has several times been extremely reckless to the point where, you know, he could have ended several players' careers. And uh, that's the reason why I don't respect him. Like I said, and, and please, please, please all go on note. One of the most talented football players ever to play the game, but true. absolutely disgraceful when it comes to, uh, you know, he's done amazing things for club and country, but on some big scales, he is he has really really tried to hurt some some people, and that's you know I just can't get behind it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Manny, anything? Um, yeah, I'll I'll speak on um, on Landon Donovan, um, which. To taking it back to to a previous episode, um, you know, as there there is nothing a wrestling fan loves more than a good heel, which is absolutely. which is a a a person that you just absolutely hate and want to boo and want to throw trash at. Um, and Landon Donovan was that, and 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 in the at the time when he was a player, I couldn't fucking stand looking at him. Yeah. Um, now you know the 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 game is over like he's he's out, he's done um i can say um i tip tip my hat to him man he he yes. he he did yes. he he was such a good heel at least from yes. from this end he was he i love the fact that he talked shit 
I love the fact that he was he was one of the American players that 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 played with fucking balls and 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 um, he had that pa- he had that passion that I think a lot of the U.S. team is that's what they lack that's what they need is is guys like that who when he was out there dude he 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 hated every fucking Mexican person's guts and um and that's cool I like that <laughs> like that's that, yeah that's what and, makes it and, fun you know and, and let me just add a little bit to that and I don't want to cut you off I want you to keep going but he always had that he always after it was over he had the decency to, to to just say what he needed to say and and he always kept his composure after it was over but you could tell that during the match he was on it was he was engaged he yeah. was in the fucking thing you know yeah always will tip my hat to that yeah so um so yeah, so so I I have I have good uh, much respect for for Lando. Um, if if anything, I mean shit. When you think about it, since he's been gone, um, yeah. that's kind of that that's kind of been a, a significant turning point in in the, in the rivalry. Right, right. Yeah, I would definitely say we don't we don't have anybody that's taken up that torch, you know. And uh, yeah, you know, of course, you know. <laughs> I'm California or Southern California, so it's like you can tell probably from this episode that you know I'm not I'm not afraid to take sides, but you know I'm I'm trying to see it from all sides if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I I have a I have a, a question for for Ray, because um, I think there there's two you know there there's two aspects and 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 they they absolutely relate where. Um, I think, of course, the better that 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 U.S. soccer gets, that will have an impact on the on the on the fan base. Because I think e- even even if U.S. soccer, even if on the pitch the U.S. team um, is beat, th- th- there was we there was a a, a, t- a time period not too long ago where 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 U.S. was was the dominant team, um, but that but that did not impact the that at the end of the day the big difference here i think for for a lot of us is just is the difference in the fan bases and and there's something that you spoke about earlier like this envy of like the 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 mexican fan base compared to the the u.s fan base um so i'm just wondering from your opinion what do you think what do you think needs to happen or or maybe you have no interest in in this happening uh to to either further impassion or maybe grow or whatever you think is is needed for the the u.s fan base to um in your view to improve i think it already is improving from what i've seen you know from my from my youth till now it's it's phenomenally different you know we reestablished professional league it took a while um and to be honest with you you know early on i wasn't too into mls i mean i watched la galaxy kind of from afar still wasn't totally like into them, didn't buy any of their jerseys or anything like that. But, you know, it was fun and I think it's fun like, to finally have our league established again. But just recently the play to me started to elevate again and I, and I made a real commitment to to follow a lot. As many MLS games on like, come on, I watch. Because at the end of the day you have to support your domestic leagues. You know, and this is what the rest of the world has. They have the like second third, second tier teams where the fans could get behind them and see their home team get to the show. Uh, wouldn't it be interesting if baseball was the same way? But it's not. Um, by the way, I, you know, I know you guys are big baseball fans, but I hate baseball. Anyways, uh, the 
a hate USA team, a national yeah. team. And I, and I and I think that um, they are getting better. It's only going to get better. So do you think? Do you think it just completely comes down to um, uh, the the play on the field? Do you think as long as that improves, then the fan base will improve, or or do you the, think there are other other factors that need to to be worked on? Yes, of course. Uh, you know, you need to pay your players more money. Money, you know, and so I, we live in a world, you know, money buys freedom, freedom tickets. I like to call it, and so. Uh, the more money that is put into this sport, uh, and the more money that they're allowed to play players, it's not just going to be where players come to die. So to speak. I think you'll find more and more players playing their trade here in the United States. And, and you know, obviously Mexico has that established because tr- traditionally they've been able to pay better. So follow the money. You know, anywhere in the world where you can pay players, that's where the players play, period. They don't give a shit which country they're in. It's about how much money they can make. So, as MLS develops, you're you've already there already is, you know, I, I've been to several Portland, Seattle, uh, you know, Portland Timber, Seattle Sounders games up in the Pacific Northwest. The atmosphere there is unbelievable, um, and very educated fans, very unique fans, very unique tifos, very unique culture. Uh, but it is the culture of Americana, which is made up of several countries, which I think is a beautiful thing. So, uh, you know, people don't want to admit it, but it, you watch and mark my words. It's only going to get better. You know, traditionally, Americans have fought against the big three of sports, you know, professional, the NFL, baseball and basketball. Um, even though more kids in this country play soccer than all three of the sports. Um, which which well, which might which might be no, the problem. Well, I think I don't think it's part of the problem. Listen, Wait, why is that the problem? I think, I think that there's a part. I don't think it's why part of the problem. problem. Why? Uh, well, no, I, not not that I think it's it's the problem, but but that is one of the. It's not. You know, I think it's pe- people point to, so people have pointed to which I I I, I agree. I, I'm not. I don't think that that it's. I, I'm not convinced by this argument, but it's an argument nevertheless that that. Um, it's the s- soccer in the United States is associated with kids and with women, um, and that's a, and that's a problem for the sport. Like it's something uh, that I, it, 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 I think that's I, I think you're completely off nowadays. It's, it's 2016, my friend. I, I think you're well, right. but I would I would say the only reason I would say that's true is because because and 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 soccer I think is associated with. Uh, college graduates with people who are in a, a separate socioeconomic uh, bracket, income bracket. So it, it, when we say women and children, you're saying middle-class women, soccer moms, as we call them, and their children. Is that what you're referring to, Manny? Um, so, so again, I'm, I, this is not my argument. This is just uh, when I actually did a whole research paper on, on America, why soccer can't, you know, what, what, what is it that, that, uh, hinders it from succeeding more in, in the United States, and that's one of one of the arguments that has been presented is the way because we have to and 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 you bring up a very good point there. Um, we're thinking of you know w- uh, in a way soccer fans in America are kind of in a bubble where they forget that the about the large portion of the of Americans who scoff at it and part of the reason they scoff at it is yes it it is it's 
it is a I mean you can look at ML, MLS's demo, fan demographics and it's predominantly college educated um it, it's predominantly a, a college educated fan base where many Americans see when they think of soccer they think yeah that's the sport that you play when you're a kid and once you like are no longer a kid you start playing real sports or that's the sport that women play um the United I I what other country has the women's team been more popular than the men's team at a time? None. Um, and so, and so again, I, Ray, I, I totally can see why you, you strongly go against this. Um, but it, it is an argument that's been made as to why perhaps soccer um, has one of the many obstacles that it, that it's had in, in, in gaining mainstream success here. I think that it's just the, for one, the USA typical fan likes winners. So, they're not going to stick with a loser. So that's why they like to feel good about the women's team. And because when the women is winning at Chin, and the women have won at the highest level, obviously, three times. So they're, of course, they're going to get coverage. It's about media coverage. Media runs everything. So no, if, all you see, if all you see is blitz of NFL and whatnot, that's great. I also think the whole cop out about, oh, if, if these players are playing you know, soccer, then they would be so much better. I mean, that's bullshit. Listen. I like I've watched NFL football, I watched college football, and I enjoy it. I think it's I think it's an interesting game. I played it for a little while, and I, and I think it's a great game. However, that being said, when I see a three hundred and thirty six foot six lineman, he's not going to be playing <laughs> soccer. He's not. Period. Yeah, but if the energy and, of a country is directed it's, towards it's like, creating three hundred and three hundred pound linemen, then it so then I, it changes it changes what you have what what you're what you're outputting. So if if what's glorified in America is big and brutish, then you're gonna only you're gonna produce big and brutish because that's what people want. But if all of a sudden you say, you know what, let's make let's make diminutive and agile, then all of a sudden maybe that can change the direction of what where these the, the, where we focus our energy on our talents. It's not that America doesn't have the pool to to find that kind of talent. It's just that their focus is not on on looking for that kind of talent well, because it's, it's, it's the system is not set up for it for one for two the rest of the world well, plays, that's for sure the, the rest of the world plays street soccer okay so let's talk about that and there's and the and the, and the college the college system in the united states is is really messed up and and at some point if the usa ever wants to make that big jump to 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 the big boy club they're gonna have to talk to the colleges and say sorry we can't we we they're, they're gonna have to change that system well, you know, all those all those young players I, that are being I'm, sent to. I'm not sure what big boy club you're talking about because from the last I checked, they've made several World Cups. So I would say. No, I'm in, talking about I'm talking about having club. a star on your on your lapel. You know, like uh, like uh, winning a you know Olympic gold medal, uh, Conca, uh, Confederation uh, Cup, some something something on the on the grand stage or part, or being a finalist. You know, so um, I just think that it, it it's not going to happen. And I don't think it ever will happen because of the way that uh, the, the, we have uh, set up our system here with regard to youth sports in America. But I don't, I don't see how uh, colleges and high schools are going to let the youth academies take over and set up a system like they do in Mexico or like they do well, in Spain. The system in Mexico is so great, right? And traditionally it has been, it has been good, mm-hmm. all right? I'd love to hear the excuses of why they don't have – a World Cup star on their chest. 
I also want to add one more thing to to the, the culture of American soccer is like if I've been to many of the youth games as a as a coach and assistant coach and as a person watching my god kids play, and it's very frustrating when I hear the parents on the sideline going, it, it's 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 absurd because you'll never or you rarely hear this in another sport in America. Every time a kid has a ball, they're like, pass, pass, and it's ridiculous. It's yeah, they're just like, pass, shoot, Jimmy, ah, you know, why aren't you doing this? And I'm like, it's so absurd because you don't hear that like at a basketball game, you know, or any other sport, you know, for the most part, you'll, you, you hear like, you know, these parents letting the kids play. Do you and think they're thinking about Tiki Taka in Spain? Like they're thinking Barcelona? They're not. They, they want, <laughs> no, man. I, you know, they, they want to see more beautiful football. Nah, and typically, yeah. typically, I would say the most like the the parents that I had that were uh, uh, understanding were of foreign descent. You know, I mean, if I had typical <laughs> white white cracker parents, they were like, you know, they didn't get it, man. You know, or very, 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 very few took the time. You know, but yeah, I even had like a white kid that was like raised here, and his parents were here. But, you know, he'd show up to practice in like a Dutch jersey and I would just be beside myself you know because he's like second or third generation American and his parents are like oh yeah throw on his Dutch jersey because you're Dutch and I'm like kid's never been to Amsterdam in one minute in his life you know that's what I hate you know I hate the fakers man I hate the people that that uh throw on another country's jersey and then when you engage him and I've engaged several in this country and I'm not just talking Mexican fans I'm talking Brazilian Argentinian Uruguayans, Chileans, I don't care who it is. I'll talk to them. Now, I got respect if they're like, hey, I'm from there, first generation, or hey, I'm actually no kid, not even a citizen in this country. Got it. Awesome. I understand. I completely get it. But to live here, to spend the majority of your life here, and especially if you raise children here, to not support your national team doesn't make sense to me and that's just me yeah. why do you still support portland well because i have direct i mean i, I live there for one i'm an oregonian i spent nine ten years there that's that's of my formative youth but you don't live there anymore this is your city uh, come on uh, we're, we're talking i mean that's a, i don't think that's much of a comparison I think 10 years is quite significant. You know, I, I also played for Portland Ale. So, you know, I played in the, in the, in the Rose City soccer leagues uh, before. What if, what if you have 100 years of heritage in, in, uh, in France, but only 25 in the uh, United States? Doesn't that count for something? Let's yeah. say you have 100 years of the, the national team to me is not a heritage team. I think that's where, you're, that's where you're, our difference is are down the middle. National teams are not heritage teams, in particular the U.S. national team, in particular because the U.S. United States is one of the few, there are several, France, don't get me wrong, you know, look at France. Several players on their national team that are of different uh, descent from the, the French colonizations. Well, the U.S. is one of those countries. The U.S. colonized as well. We don't want to admit it as much. And that's what I find funny is that we don't want to admit that. Americans need to admit that. They need to admit that we were broke from the English 
And so yet, what does that so what does that mean for soccer for for the soccer team? I mean, you're listen, saying it's not a national. Here, here, here's how I feel. If I was a born an American, I had American descent, mm-hmm. but I was raised in Marseille. Mm-hmm. I went to school in Marseille. I speak French. I've never, and let's just say, I've never even back to the United States. How could I possibly be an American fan? That doesn't make sense to me. Well, what if, if, I guess, I think the only, because, no, I, I think you bring up a, a really good point, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Mario, on, on, on this, you know, say maybe the second, third generation fan, but, but, um, but in that, in your example you just gave, um, it, it, what if you grew up in a community of American-born people, uh, your parents were American-born, you, you, in your home, um, your parents only spoke English. Um, you only watched American news. You only ate uh, American food, aka Mexican food. Um, and so, um, you know, uh, don't you think it would make sense in that case that you would maybe have a strong allegiance to your American kind of heritage, your your American culture? Yes, I do, and I and I get it, and I've and I've tried to understand it from both sides. I'm not hating when I say these things. You know, I get it, man. I get the cross borderism. I respect it, um, and it's and I would say that it would be particularly hard for first generations. I understand. That makes me. You know, but I still, I still, you know, I, I, I still, no matter what, will will follow that national team. I will believe in them, no matter. Where our program's at, because if there's not people out there like me, which I know there are, there's way more out there like me and supporting the game, and not just supporting, but involved, actually coaching and being involved in that system. That's the only way you get better. That is the only way that you that you, no kidding, pull it up by its bootstraps, you know. And if there's nobody willing in this country willing to be there with me or to do those things, yeah, well, of course we'll never win a World Cup. No shit. But well, in, 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 I could live as long, you know, maybe say I live to a, be 100, right? There's quite a possibility that I could live to be that long and never see my country win a World Cup. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to, like, support them. And it doesn't mean that when they make it to the World Cup or if they do, that I'm not going to be like, that's my team. I'm not going to, like, jump jump to some other team. It doesn't make sense. I'm not, I am what I am, like Popeye says. <laughs> no, you're locked in. But I, I don't think there's too much – Maybe there is. I don't think fans are necessarily jumping. Um, You'd be surprised, man. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. I challenge you just, like, take, like, don't even look at it from the Mexican side. Just be like, hey, I'm taking that side. I won't even tell anybody I'm Mexican. I won't even tell anybody I support El Tri. And just talk to people that wear other countries' jerseys. And do do a paper on it. I challenge you. Well, I think that the reason that most people wear uh, jerseys from other countries is that some countries have better jerseys than others. And in the case of Mexico, they happen to have one of the finest jerseys in the whole wide world. So I think that that plays into the whole... Nobody has ever said that to me as an argument. Nobody has ever said to me, I'm wearing this jersey because it's pretty or because it's fashionably better than yours. I know that. I was trying trying to make a joke. I was trying to make a joke. Oh, I'm I'm Brazilian. I'm like, oh yeah, where are you from? They're like, oh well, you know, I live in Orange County. And I'm right, I was trying to make a joke about the fact that 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 um that that uh, it's easier to uh, disguise uh, the in an allegiance to something to a nationalistic thing. What I think I really enjoy this conversation because what I think is 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 most people 
more than following their team, with the exception of, of soccer-crazy nations that love their national team, Mexico being one of them, a lot of people in the world are, are hesitant to follow the national, their national team. And I think that this idea of following a national team, and I've said it before on, on some kind of other episode, this idea of, of, of once you start talking about nationalism, people start looking at you funny, like, oh, oh you know, yeah, that guy over there, he's, 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 he's got this, he's got this uh, nationalistic pride. And then what follows nationalism, uh, maybe, maybe some sort of bigotry, and what follows bigotry, some sort of uh, racism and fascism. And then now all of a sudden, if you're nationalistic, you might be associated with Hitler or with some other European power that uh, was uh, oppressing uh, uh, some society in a, in a fascist state. So I think more than anything, I don't mind when people wear jerseys from other countries because I see that as a vote for the idea of the international game. The international game for me is, I think, needs to continue, but unfortunately I see it slowly dying and fading away. Uh, especially with uh, you know clubs like Barcelona, Real Madrid, you you know why bother watching the World Cup if the best players in the world are playing against each other on Saturday morning every day? And this is before we used to turn in, we used to tune into the World Cup because that's that brought together the best of the best. Because at that time, all the players were kind of isolated in their national leagues, you know, uh, you know, in, in the, in the past, uh, maybe a couple would leave to Europe, but the rest would stay in Brazil. The rest would stay in Argentina. The rest would stay in Spain. And, and the, the international tournament, the world cup was the time to see those players featured and play against each other. And there was an added, uh, on top of the, the feeling, the nationalistic pride, there was this, this feeling of like, I want to see how Messi does against Cristiano Ronaldo, but well, I don't need to do that anymore. I don't need to watch Portugal, Argentina. I just watch Real Madrid, Barcelona, and then I get to watch Neymar and I get to watch uh, uh, Suarez. So we need to preserve the international game because I think the international game elicits passions in people, such as uh, the kind of passions we're having now. And I am okay with people rocking jerseys uh, and. And, uh, and and maybe identifying with a, a nationalistic identity that maybe is like three or four generations removed. What I think is the duty of a person who has a who is loyal to a nationalistic side is to approach that person and engage them in a conversation about why one they're wearing that jersey and why it's a really good idea to follow international soccer. Um, that that's 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 my feeling. That's my take on international play. I, I feel like there's nothing more beautiful in this world than when you have uh, regions of people uh, work out their neuroses via a game against uh, another country that sometimes we know nothing about, but we make these huge assumptions about. Anything else? No, yeah, go ahead, man. No, go go for it. I think it's well well said, and. and... I, in particular, throughout the years, have laid off of that. Like, I just don't even, you know, my, my buddy Rick more so would give a lot, would approach people and give people crap about it. No, I don't even care. I mean, I don't, I care less and less. You know, now I'm just like, well, I have resigned the fact that this is just the team I support. I read as much as I can without, you know, with, without losing my productivity during, productivity during the day about the sport of soccer. 
So I try to learn about as many players and where they're from and what they're doing in their clubs, you know, uh, as possible without being a professional sports writer or sports broadcaster. But, you know, at the end of the day, I respect the game. I always have. I always will. Um, and, uh, you know, I, like I said, I've given up less and less energy to trying to convince people what nationalistic team to play for. And, you know, I, I, when I say I wave the flag, of course I'll rock my colors at a national game. But, you know, I also don't want to wrap myself in the flag and think about how good I am and be like, oh, America. You know, I, I think that's – and believe me, those fans exist. Those fans exist in the ranks, you know, and it's embarrassing because – to me, they represent, you know, America and culture, but, you know. Are you talking about soccer? Yeah, I'm talking about soccer. And, and, That's and just theater. That's part of the experience. It, it is. But, it, but what I've also realized is that, that those players, those players in the theater exist, the characters in the theater exist elsewhere, too. I'm sure that there's, you know, there's Italians that are just as fascists about Absolutely. their Absolutely. Field, you know, about, and so, but you don't realize. One in three Italians is fascist. But, I mean, you just – everybody associates, like, oh, they're French or they're Italian or whatever, they're Spanish. Like, you know, it's like the, the, the catch of being exotic or they must be right. And it's like if you actually travel and go around and, and are able to communicate with people, you understand that they have just as many buffoons as there is here. <laughs> yeah. Manny? Um, so I think it's interesting what, what you're saying because um, – um, and I just pulled it up right now because I remember – I don't know if you guys – why well, you probably there's no reason for you necessarily to know, but Bernie Goldberg, who's like a uh, every once in a while you you you'll see him on like a real real the Bryant Gumbel like yeah. HBO show, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, and he hates soccer, right? Um, and he he wrote he he wrote a column on you know why so, like he hates soccer and and more than anything he hates and this goes back to something that's kind of we've mentioned multiple times here is this whole like. You know the in particular. You know there's a there's a certain type of American that tends to be a soccer fan, um, which Bernie Goldberg calls you know it's 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 liberal elitist who like who are always the soccer fans and 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 so he quotes a um, a CUNY professor, a professor of journalism and, and poli sci- political science, who who's a big soccer fan and and he quotes he says um, um he's soccer fans in America he said. Uh, this is the the professor who's a fan of soccer. Uh, soccer fans in America show us that we have we have a less nativist, so less less nationalistic sports culture, and we're more open. At least some groups in the United States, young people, political liberals, we're more open to liking the same kind of things that people in other countries like. Things don't have to be ours and ours alone, and we don't have to see American culture superior to to all others. Um, and so, and so, Bernie Goldberg says, "That's the fucking problem with soccer fans in America. <laughs> that, yeah, that that they're yeah. so open, like, you know, so like, so it's kind of similar to you know, like the fact that they would wear a jersey of another country and that they're open to, you know, like, fuck that. Uh, that's the problem with soccer fans, American soccer fans. They're they're goddamn liberals who appreciate other cultures and." to the to the demise of re- recognizing that we are the best <laughs> <laughs> yeah i, I mean I, don't, that, I think we don't need yeah, to say uh, shit after that hey, hey, hey. 
para bailar. Ellos tienen el dinero, pero cero corazón. I know they have the money, but we have the fucking love. Ellos tienen el dinero, pero cero corazón. I know they have the money, but we have the soul. Socando el arte es ausente A ese que brigo nunca vente indiferente No sirve el oro si a nadie tiene cerca No sirve el oro si tu cabeza anda suelta Ya me voy para el pueblo, ahí está toda mi gente Voy para las sierras, extraña el sencillo ambiente Veo diferencias teniendo similitudes Todos tras el sueño de andar sobre las nubes Ellos tienen el dinero pero cero corazón I know they have the money but we have the fucking love Ellos tienen el dinero pero cero corazón I know they have the money but we have the fucking soul como están, les voy a contar mi historia Me fui de mi país y es que pa' buscar la gloria Trabajando de ilegal, arrolaba y en el ley Ganaba un buen de barro, pero ahí mismo lo gasté Como extraño a mis carnales, aunque nunca voy a verlos Porque ya los filetearon y en el río aparecieron Hasta mi abuelita le sembraron la maleta Todos dicen que tenía muchos nexos con los Zetas A mí me amenazaron y por eso yo me fui Aunque ayer ya me agarraron unos datos en el street Ando huyendo de los vagos y me los encuentro aquí Ahora ya no sé qué hacer, así no puedo vivir Aquí estoy en mi 